Welcome to the Meditation Conversation. You are listening to Karan Alessandra. Today we are very honored to welcome Dr. Sue Motter, who is the international best-selling author of The Energy Code, which is a seven-step system to awaken your spirit, heal your body, and live your best life. Dr. Sue is an international speaker, master of bioenergetic theory, and quantum field visionary, who utilizes the embodiment of high-frequency energy patterns to activate full human potential. She works tirelessly to help others heal and to reach their potential. And she's sharing her wisdom and healing approach through seminars, through retreats, presentations, and she's illuminating the relationship of quantum science and energy medicine. And I am so excited that Dr. Sue is here. I know that um, if if you have listened to our podcast before, you have heard me talk about Dr. Sue. I've been to several of her events. Um, her yoga retreat last year was a very powerful experience for me. Um, I've been out to the Omega Institute in New York to um, see her as well. Um, so it's been an enormous pleasure to attend several of her live events. Um, and one of the things that resonates so deeply with me in her work is that underlying foundation that runs through her multifaceted teaching, which, uh, at least for me, is embodying the soul. So um, Dr. Sue is all about building circuits, and I'd love to touch on this more and go into more depth um, with her on that. But this is allowing the soul to be anchored in the body so that we're living from that soulful self rather than chasing a transcendental experience. So let's definitely get there, hopefully, in this conversation, but let's take a step back for now and talk about how you even got to where you are now. I know you've had a big transformational journey. You were the daughter, you are the daughter of a pioneer in energy medicine. You dealt with debilitating shyness as a child and, and overcame that. Um, you had an amazing transcendental experience in your early meditation days as you were just learning. So any of these, I would really love to hear more about. So please welcome, very warm welcome, and thank you so much for being here, Dr. Sue. Oh, thank you both so much. It is my great joy to be here. Uh, perhaps you've heard my little dog in the background um, <laughs> barking, and hopefully she'll uh, she'll quietly join us for the remainder of our time together. <laughs> oh, she's she's um, welcome. She's, I have uh, my dog here too. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. She's just uh, one week out of uh, losing her sister, her, oh, her sister sibling. So it's been it's been a big moment in time for those of you listening mm. that have animals. We know that they are more than just animals. Mm. Uh, there are spirits and wonderful mm. beings in fur. So, yeah. uh, so my apologies about uh, her barking, and no at the worries. same time. You know, maybe it's a heart opener for someone at the same time, because everything that we're going to be speaking about really works only if someone is in their heart. Uh, all meditation and all contemplation about the meaning of life really only ever um, is effective 
in the human system if we are accessing love. And, uh, and so often when people are interested in meditating, they're interested in finding, as you mentioned, Kara, uh, the transcendental, the multidimensional experience. And, and I certainly will speak to that today because it is a tremendous liberation for us to recognize that we are more than just this five sensory being walking around in skin on this earth doing this thing that we're doing right now. And the more input we can get to validate that or to affirm that or to give ourselves an experience of that expanded version of ourselves, the easier it is to manage this life and to become masterful at this life on earth when we realize that there is more to us than this and that we can draw from that larger version of who we are any moment. And as we do, uh, this life begins to feel much more manageable, much more doable. Uh, and uh, historically, we have looked to that uh, through prayer, or we've looked to that through meditation, uh, deep contemplation, intuitions, uh, etc. And there are certainly ways that we can access that on a regular basis. And that's what I'm interested in, in teaching and sharing with people. And what I have found over the last uh, many, many years, three or four decades, actually close to four decades, in teaching and sharing and traveling the world to uh, to unite this conversation with, with people around the globe is that when we pursue those efforts through the vibrational field of love, we access them much more easily and we make them, uh, we, we allow them to make a difference in our lives here in regular walking, talking, earthly uh, experience. Uh, it is through love that we integrate. It's through love that we expand and we enlighten and we illuminate. And it is through love that we pull that into the body and integrate through what I reference as embodiment. So um, so I'd love to just kick our conversation off with, oh yes, let's remember that while we're pursuing the light, that we're actually going to get it more easily and abundantly and sustainably if we access it through a loving disposition a loving heart so mm. and how how do we get to that place yeah. if we're not there yet yeah is that the energy codes yes well yeah so i i had an, an, a a transformational transcendental experience 20 years ago and i it, it changed my life forever i awakened mm -hmm. at at the Godhead or at the higher self or at the I am presence. Maybe someone is familiar with that, but, but it is this illuminated state of consciousness that, that resides above the primitive brain where we recognize that everything that is happening is completely in divine order and in support and service to our awakening. That every, every trial and tribulation, every bump and bundle that we, that we come upon in life is actually trying to show us our our pathway to recognizing our greatness. It's not here to take us out. It's not here as something that we're supposed to learn to survive. It's really actually only ever in confirmation of our greatness. So if something happens that is bigger than what we think we can handle, it is because we are holding a vision of ourselves that is smaller than what is true. And if we're holding a vision of ourselves that is a limited version of who we are, life, the universe, um, cosmic love and divine order is going to, um, to set us straight on that, is going to reveal and show us um, 
the other another perspective. It's like we're given this idea that nothing bigger than what you can handle will ever happen in your life. That that you can handle it if it happens. And and I'd like to take that to what I reference in the book, the energy codes, to the front side of the model of consciousness, which is kind of a proactive way of looking at it. Uh, that that life is not only never going to hand you something that you can't handle, it's always hand, handing you that which would allow you to recognize that you are bigger than you thought you were. So if we look at it like that, from that perspective, we start to embrace this trusted relationship with the universe rather than thinking that we're here to try to survive what the universe is delivering to us. And as we change our mind about that, we start experiencing confirmation of that. Because everything that we're ever going to experience is a byproduct of, of the, our mindset. It's, it's a byproduct of our perspective. That, and so your question is, how do we get to this place of perceiving through a loving place and having this trusted relationship with the universe uh, if, if we're not there yet? How, how do we do that? And there are some things that, that are so simple for us to do that, that the mind would never think of it, really, uh, that, that we, could, we could just do this and it would make a difference toward what you know, Dr. Sue's talking about. And, and let me just give you a, a simple example that if you think of something right now that you love so dearly, that you, that just inspires you or lifts your heart or just brings you to this, this, this warm, open sensation, you know, maybe it is a beloved, maybe it's your pet, maybe it is the springtime, maybe it's a, a memory that you have of, you know, being with a grandparent or, or watching some some newborn baby just start to discover life. There, somehow, somewhere, each of us has had an example of an image, an experience that brought us to our heart space. Now, maybe it's that feeling of falling in love, or that, or or uh, being loved by you know your grandma, or or anything along the, the smell of fresh warm cookies. I mean, it can be something that simple. Uh, if we would bring that in front of us right now and just kind of be with that and involve our senses and feel and smell and see the sights and, and sense the things that we sense in that type of a moment, that we just bring it right in front of us and allow ourselves to experience it fully in our mind's eye. And, and notice how we feel in the body while that's happening, while we're bringing this image in front of us. And the more we look at the image and engage with it and have this exchange with it, and the more we notice what we're feeling inside, that feeling starts to grow and build. And then I would just invite you to turn up the volume on the feeling on the inside, just expand it, multiply it times two, multiply it times two again and make it even bigger again. Put all of your attention on that felt sensation inside, so much so that the love and the light and the experience gets bigger than the image that you were looking at, to, to the point that now all you're feeling is this amazing, expansive, divine love that is just pure of heart and so big, and make it, allow it to be bigger than the body. Just double it again. Just release your mind and your body and just double it again. Make it as big as the room and then bigger than the room that you're sitting in. And then in this moment, take all of that love and all of that light and that experience that is just so expansive and drop it right into you. Pull it, collapse it right into you and receive it as if to say, all of this for me. 
Now, what we're doing is receiving this immense amount of love and light and preciousness and, and whatever it is that is so extraordinarily heart opening is flourishing inside our own bodies. And notice how that feels. And what I love to remind people of in this moment is that you generated the awareness of that love vibration. It was there all along. All you did was bring your attention to it. And then you you generated it and then you received it. So it's completely unconditional. There are no conditions required for you to be feeling this, this lifting, loving, expansive vibration inside of you. It, we truly can love on command. We can experience the vibrational frequency of love on command. It does not require people and places and circumstances to line up in a certain way or to behave in a certain fashion or to say something to us or do something in order for us to feel loved. It is, we just did it. And so opening our, our internal environment to the realization, opening up our mind to the realization that we can generate any experience internally at will is one of the most empowering things that we will ever learn to do with our mind. Because we were trained to let the exterior world determine what experience we were gonna have. We, we believe in things like, of course I'm upset. Look what you just did. Look what you just said. Look what just happened. Of course I'm upset. And while it is true that external events and circumstances uh, have an impact, we are at will, free will choice as to what we're going to do with that impact and what we're going to allow that to mean to us. For instance, you know, I just mentioned that, that I lost my beloved little Gracie, just this beautiful little miniature schnauzer who had the eyes of a human being who was just this beautiful spirit being. She was uh, precious and, and everyone loved her. She was just an extraordinary creature. And, and, it could be, I could look at this as this is completely devastating and heart wrenching. And at the same time, I could notice the impact in my heart space is huge. It feels heavy, but that heaviness could be a groundedness that, that is bringing me into my heart space and grounding me there. It feels uh, opening and, and, and there's so much gratitude and appreciation that I have because of having known this little creature and, and witnessed what, what exchanges we were having. But the joy that she brought up in me was in me to be brought up. She didn't give it to me. She generated an environment in which that joy could rise from inside of me. And, and all the while, the 10 years that I had her, I knew that the amount of joy that I was experiencing was a byproduct of what was inside of me. And all I had to do was continue to access that on my own and use her as a training ground, use her as a model for me of how to access that love and joy. And so by the time she had congestive heart failure and so we knew that she was, she was going. Um, and by the time that transition is happening, I am well-versed on how to access the love and the joy and the delight that I associate in experiencing with her, but it was inside of me in the first place uh, to be experienced. And this is true for every one of us, that we have this delight and this love and this, this, this precious appreciation for life inside of us because we are made of that. Those are the vibrational frequencies that we are literally packing together 
to in order to create physical form. And I'll say just a little bit of, uh, more about this and then we'll see where we wanna go with the conversation. But quantum science is showing us that all, and, and this isn't just quantum science, this is linear physics, shows us that all physical form is compressed energy, that everything is actually just energy. And energy is just flowing in all kinds of different frequencies and waveforms. And that's what we're experiencing in this life is different forms of energy. And so, so our physical body, our physical lives are co more compressed energy than our emotional states and our thoughts, but they're all just energy. And so if we recognize that we as a human being are the universe, universal energy compressed into a body, when we start to anchor our conscious awareness in the core of our body, which is what my yoga is all about, that I'm teaching people, it's what the Energy Codes book is all about, teaching people how to land their consciousness in the core of their bodies, what ends up happening is people start experiencing the wholeness of their being, the multidimensionality of their being. That We don't have to have out-of-body experiences in order to have these transcendent awarenesses and awakenings, that when we literally learn how to focus our conscious concentration deep in the core of our bodies, we find all of the energies that we are made of, including this divine love that we were just speaking of. It's all coming up and out of us. And the quest before us is to recognize what's in there, go in after it and allow it to come out and have the life that it came here to have. But we've been operating completely differently than that. We land here, we splat, we disperse, it's a rough landing. We don't know who we are or what's going on. Our mind goes one way, our body goes another, our breath goes another way. And we start attaching ourselves to our mind in an attempt to figure out what the heck is going on and how we're supposed to get okay in this crazy chaotic life experience that we're having. And if we could, and we can, pull our mind and our body and our breath back together again, which is of course what yoga does on the mat, but I'm also trying to teach people how to do that off the mat all the time in their lives so that we can pull all of our resources together because when our mind and our body and our breath are working together, we have the power to transmute anything, to change anything, to, to pierce the veils inside of our own consciousness that keep parts of us separate from other parts of us that keep our wisdom separate from our love and separate from our intellect. So when that happens, we no longer have to be either kind and loving or smart and powerful or adventurous and brave or gentle and intimate. We have access to all of those aspects of our being all of the time so that we can be each of those things collectively. And in circumstances where we're getting triggered into something that previously would have generated an argument of some sort, we see the both and. So that when we are in this argument and we now can see a both and, we can find new solutions. And so that when we are doubting ourselves, we can access allowing ourselves to be intimidated about, uh, intimidated about something and also just keep moving forward, not have it stop us and stymie us just because we feel some sense of 
of unfamiliarity, which we would call insecurity, et cetera. And so that we can, we can find ourselves believing in ourselves in the workplace in a way that, uh, that perhaps we didn't have access to before. So, so what we're wanting is integration. And when we begin to learn how to anchor our consciousness in the core of our being, we, we have that integration. We have all of the parts, all of our faculties are joining together in a unified fashion. And a byproduct of that is we are operating then in unity consciousness. We have a tendency to think that unity consciousness means we need to get all of the human beings thinking alike. And there's a big challenge uh, occurring around the world regarding that. And a place to start is if we can get all of the parts of ourselves operating on the same page. Because if we do, we're now no longer in a reactive, defensive, protective mode of function. We feel whole and complete. And so we're certainly willing to hold the space for someone else to discover their wholeness and their completeness when we're not operating in a, from a place of fear as well. So I'll stop there. As you can probably tell, I could go on forever, but <laughs> what, I, I, want, I want to go wherever we want this conversation to go uh, because well, you know, that's what matters most, right? Well, what is it that stops us then from living this unity consciousness all the time? And also like when you were going through this uh, visualization before, I just know for along the journey in the beginning, it's not so easy to receive that love always if you're not familiar with receiving. Like, how do we get beyond that? Yes. Interestingly, um, we... We, we, by design, don't know how to access this at the beginning of our lives. Mm. I mean, originally we do. And then we go through this, these series of life experiences which cause this splat that I mentioned earlier. And it's by design because we're here to discover our creatorship. We're here to awaken as the magnificent creators that we are. We're here to awaken to it. So it's like this giant game of hide and seek, and it has to be hidden from us for a while so that we have to dig deep within ourselves to figure out who we are so that when we do, we know that we know that we know that we're the real deal. And it isn't just because of something that someone handed us. It's because, hey, we've, we've walked it. And once we've had the experience and walked it ourselves, no one can take that from us. And, and the real peace is not so that no one can take it from us. It's so that we become it here in this dimension. Because walking here on earth, we're actually on the frontier of consciousness. We're here to learn how to stabilize the high frequency light possibility, the creative essence, uh, right in the midst of uh, our own density, right in the midst of where consciousness is not. We are here to, uh, to be the solution, uh, not seek the solution, but to realize, oh, it's from the inside out that this solution is coming in my life. And so how we begin to do that is a process of, of learning that when the mind comes onto the body, the body stabilizes. Uh, the mind stabilizes. When the mind comes onto the body, the body stabilizes the mind. And uh, the, the mind operates like, think of it like this giant ceiling fan that is spinning so fast, you would never stick your finger through it. You, it's just spinning and spinning and spinning so fast, you would never stick your finger through it because it would cut you. But if you could slow that ceiling fan down, slow it down enough, you could find a way to get out through that and experience a greater version of yourself than the one that is being contained by this rapid moving, super believing mind. So when you bring the mind onto the body, it automatically starts to slow it down. 
when you slow your breath down, it automatically starts to slow the mind down as well. So these two things combined allow the mind to come into more of an alpha frequency, which allows us to be more coherent with nature. Nature operates in alpha frequency. Mother Earth operates in alpha frequency. So if we can train our mind to think in alpha frequency terms, we will have a mind that contributes to the truth revealing in our lives, to our path unfolding with ease and with grace uh, in our lives. When we're training our mind to find the real, true, soulful self that resides deep in the core, deep in the still waters of our being, our truth resides. Our mind, on the other hand, shoots off into all kinds of stories. It shoots off into what should I do and what if I don't and what if they don't like me and what if I'm not doing the right thing and what if I'm making the wrong choice. All these rapid fire options are racing through the mind all the time. And that disturbs the still waters truly of the soulful self. The soulful self is like, Hey, when you get done with all that you know, thrashing about, just come back home and I'll let you know what we need to do. And in the real moment, in the right time, something will come up and out of this mouth that is exactly what is right for me. And it's going to be fine and it's going to work. And so the sooner we can train our minds to trust that and to find a way to listen to the soulful self, uh, the sooner we will have a soulful life experience. Think of it this way. The soul speaks to the body and the body speaks to the mind, and the mind doesn't listen. And so this little <laughs> game of telephone never gets to happen, okay? The mind's busy writing stories, and it's busy freaking out, and it's busy predicting and projecting and doing all kinds of other things. And all it really needs to do is chill out. All it really needs to do, the mind needs to come onto the body so that the body can relate to the mind the language of the soul. The body is constantly relating, translating nuances that the mind could pick up on if it was trained how. And that's what we're doing with the energy codes is training the mind how to listen to the body, to hear the language of the soul. It shows up like a knot in your stomach, tightness in your chest, tightness in your throat, a shrill that goes up your spine, a nudge that's arriving from deep in your core, a gut feeling that's trying to make itself known. This is a language that we could learn to speak and should learn to speak so that uh, we can operate here on earth as this integrated, collective, collected, if you will, mind, body, spirit being that is in touch with the truth of who it is, integrated and operating in a unifying, peaceful fashion on the planet. So is that helpful? Yeah, and that's one of the things that has... Um made such a difference in my own study of your work is that body element because my own meditation practice for so long was really, really focused in the top chakras, you know, yeah. at the neglect of the rest of my chakra system or yeah. even just, you know, listening to the cues within the body. You know, sometimes it's so strong that it's you can't ignore it, but other times, you know, it's like, everything's going here. And yeah. um, so that integration and the importance of listening to the body and, uh, and integrating that into a spiritual practice um, has been something that, that has really resonated with me. And so you do this um, through, you know, the energy codes that we keep touching on, which has yogic elements 
and um, pranayama elements. And um, I don't know if you want to go a little bit deeper into the energy codes, but they're, they're very, very powerful. Happy to. Um, so what happened was 20 years ago, I had this big illumination, this big awakening. I could see 360 degrees in every direction in a brilliant light, so bright. It was 10 times brighter than the brightest day in the desert I had ever seen. I was me, but I wasn't in a body. I was a ray of light. I was suspended above the earth so high. The earth was about the size of a tiny marble and I could see it beneath me. And I was embedded into it up to what felt like it would have been my knees, but I was not in a body. So I didn't have knees. I was just this ray of light. And this beautiful, brilliant light was coming through me. And this beautiful pink, iridescent, translucent, uh, horizon would rise and fall every time I would take a breath. And what I knew was happening was light was coming through me and was feeding love to the planet. I don't know how I knew that, but I completely knew that that was what every single one of us is doing, that we're just here and the degree to which we will allow our breath to be free and our bodies to be open and our hearts and our minds to be connected, that this light is becoming love and we are truly bringing that here to earth. And, and the degree to which we allow that to be true is how true it is. And it then dictates the life experience that we're having. But you know, as we've been talking about, uh, already, uh, we're having quite a different experience than that because those aspects of us, of our ability to perceive that, to hold all that together as true, have dispersed from each other and we have to teach them how to find each other again. And so, so after that experience, uh, and let me just say this lastly about that experience, there was nothing broken. There was nothing missing. There was nothing wrong. There was nothing to fix. There was nothing to become. I was completely satiated and fulfilled and illuminated and filled with gratification and satisfaction and, and just divine presence. And this is the true state that every one of us is meant to be, to be being. And we just, we just don't have a clue about that because when we enter into this realm, we lose that faculty, but we're here to land in this realm fully and pull those faculties together so that we can have that experience here in this movie that we're creating called life. And so, so I devoted the net, you know, I came down out of that meditative experience and my life was changed. I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to go about living, but I know it's not going to be the way I was. And mm. so I had to slow way down so that I didn't automatically just kick into my old habitual ways of being because I was habitually convinced that life was hard and that you had to struggle and you had to be perfect. And you were, I was always perfecting myself and just, it was always judging and judging others and judging myself. And it was just crazy painful compared to what I had now experienced. And so Yes, I hear your dog now. Awesome. Perfect. Sweet. Yeah. You know, we hit these trues and the dogs are like, yeah. You want to be a part of that? I was going to blame your dog. Bring it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so as we are, uh, as we are then able to start to pull these things together, uh, everything changes. So my life became about uh, first of all, I couldn't, I could not engage in the kinds of things that I engaged in before after this happened. I was now like in a very expanded state trying to press myself into this body 
And it was not easy. And it took me weeks and months to integrate. And, and then to continue the process uh, was no longer stressful after a few months. But at first, I couldn't go to work. I couldn't, I couldn't raise my head up off the pillow for days. There were people here taking care of me. Uh, I was in another realm and I didn't care if I ever came back. Uh, and, and, and then at some point I realized, you know, I have to, I have to like come back into this body because this is where I'm supposed to be. This is my destination and I have to fulfill that destiny. And each of us that are trying to seek meditation for these upper chakras, illumination, e external experiences, you know, there's a real chance that we'll hit those ex external experiences, but it doesn't change your life until you come back into your body with it. And so I devoted the next 10 years of my life to uh, really in the next five years in particular, my life became this living laboratory where every single thing that I did um, was devoted to reproducing that experience for myself because I knew that was it. That was the truth. And I wanted to know how to have that experience on command. And every single time I would try, it wouldn't happen. But when I would stop trying, it would happen again. If I would get in the neighborhood and then release and surrender, it would happen. So I had to find what were the aspects of this meditation. I had to open and expand. I had to ground. I had to breathe in a certain way. I had to open my mind in a certain way. I had to, to pratyahara, which is another yogic term, uh, which is like pranayama, where we're doing breath work. Pratyahara means I'm going to with, withdraw my senses into my body. Instead of constantly being caught up in the movie of life and caught up in the dramas and the traumas of life, I'm going to start paying more attention to what's going on inside my body because when I started doing that guys that's when it started changing radically rapidly I started immediately being able to return to this state once I recognized there were certain ways to anchor myself in my body there were certain ways to breathe and a certain uh, uh, slowness of my breath that would make a difference for me to be able to access these multiple dimensions and so I started codifying that recognizing documenting if I did this and this and this together, then the doorways would open. If I would do this and this and this together, the doorways would open in yet another way. And, and so I started to, to uh, you know, just codify it. And then I started teaching other people. I started teaching my patients in the clinic uh, these, some of these, these processes. And they, I found that they were getting better faster and they were staying better longer and they were having different experiences above and beyond the symptoms that we were treating and the things that we were, issues that we were working on healing with them, they were starting to have a bigger understanding about life. They were starting to have a bigger bird's eye view and perspective on circumstances and situations in their lives. And I started putting all that together and that's what became the book, uh, became the workshops that I teach, the coursework that I share. Uh, it became an outpicturing of my own experience and my own uh, experience in helping patients heal. And I started then holding workshops to teach people that proactively so that I didn't have to wait for people to end up with a symptom uh, for to, to get in touch with uh, this, this solution in their lives, that we didn't have to, to have a problem get generated before I could start working with people. We started proactively saying, let's put the pieces together in this kind of a way. And so we start with some, some simple breathing techniques. 
that allow people to open up some gateways and integrate some things in their physiology. And, and a, a byproduct of that is people start sleeping better. They, they start digesting food better, their allergies and their asthmas and their, their, uh, their runaway minds uh, all start to heal uh, as a simple byproduct. So we took on this whole disposition that healing happens in your body as a byproduct of you integrating and connecting with with and revealing your true magnificence. A instead of trying to focus on fixing this problem, we focus on uh, enhancing the true self. And then these quote unquote problems heal as a byproduct of bringing forth this healing presence um, automatically. So I'm happy to share some of the introductory techniques and those kinds of things if if it would be a benefit to your listeners or, oh, or wherever you'd like to go. I would love that. Yeah, okay. yes, please go ahead. Excellent. Okay. So um, the, the first thing that I like to share with people is for them to realize they are a multidimensional being. They're not just this physical human being sitting here. So when we start breathing in a certain way, it's very helpful if we breathe from beyond the body into the body, and then we exhale to beyond the body because we exist as more than just this physical body. If you could imagine that there is an energy field around the physical body that is actually uh, like this egg shape uh, around the physical body, about arm's length as wide as you are, and about that distance above your head and below your feet, it, a giant egg-shaped sphere. Uh, it's a measurable sphere of energy. It's called the toric field of how, it, how that energy moves. Um, but for just this moment, let's just say that this energy field around the, the physical body is an invisible energy field. It's not invisible to everyone. I see the energy field. I could see it as a kid, and then I shut it down. Uh, as a as a young uh, uh, as a young child, because I saw that it was you know confusing when I would talk about it, people didn't understand what I was talking about, so I just shut up about it, and then I ended up shutting it down, and then it came back in this in this experience that I had twenty years ago. So, and, and I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, one no, of the amazing things about being with you live is uh, so in the yoga retreat, for instance you would lead us through these incredible yoga sessions in the morning. And actually, I'm going to be in Sedona with you, and I cannot wait to start doing yeah. the yoga again because I know that's part of the curriculum. But, yes. um, And you can see the energy of the room. So you are guiding the yeah. asanas based on what you're seeing on the group level to try to shift things. And it is incredibly powerful. Like I was... That was a four-day retreat, and I was going home and falling asleep at night, and I was just getting bombarded with these geometric shapes and like all yeah, this like high-frequency stuff was going on. It it was really really powerful. So um, anyway, that it's it's very practical. If anybody has the chance to see <laughs> you live and interact with you live, these. Uh, um, your ability to do that then translates even like in a group setting. It's incredible. Yes, yeah. it, it's my greatest joy to do mm -hmm. that. To take a, a group of a hundred people and look at the combined energy field and and start moving the prana or the energy in the body, the innate intelligence with the breath, and have this giant field start moving mm -hmm. as this collective, and then guide people through a yoga 
class um, based upon how that energy is trying to move. It is so healing for, for people and so integrative for people that they start having these downloads like you're describing. And, and that is those geometric shapes, those energies, those frequencies are you. They are the rest of you that, that our culture doesn't really teach us how to access or teach us about or, or teach us that, that that part of us exists. And so it's such a, a, a delight for people to start to access it. And so when I talk about the higher self, that's what I'm talking about. It shows up as shapes and colors and geometries. It shows up as impressions and intuitions and downloads of information and uploads of information from your own field and your own destiny. Uh, and when we start to learn how to put that, that stuff together, we start operating as a true creative force on the planet uh, rather than just trying to make do, trying mm. to just you know get by. Uh, we're built for so much more than that. And I so appreciate your, your come from in this, uh, in this podcast and, and wanting to bring this information to people because it's time for us to start living from this creative place rather than a survivor place of just trying to find the, the, the three things I can do to, to save myself in a dangerous situation. Yeah, we need to know those kinds of stressful, you know, stress um, techniques and strategies, but we're built for so much more than just yeah. learning how to overcome uh, life's stresses. We're, we're supposed to recognize that life is bringing us those circumstances on purpose so yeah. that it can hone so us and powerful. refine us and awaken us. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. Very different. Well, I'm sorry to have gotten you off track, but I really wanted to share oh, that no. because it's very relevant. <laughs> but you were talking about yes. um, yeah. about this yeah. uh -huh. embodiment yeah. and the energy yeah. codes. So the invisible invisible version of us that's bigger than the physical body is is its its destiny is to come all the way into the physical body and uh, and have a life. So we create this physical body as a vehicle. To, to move around this this earth in this in this physical dimension, but we are a spirit being. We're an energy being, and uh, and so so if you could picture yourself on this spectrum that has this high frequency spectrum and all the way down to the to the physical dense version of us. So the physical body is the dense version of us on the spectrum, and the highest frequency version of us on that same spectrum is the pure higher self, the, the spirit being, the soulful self, etc. And I've and heard so, you say too that it's love is the most expanded highest vibration. Is that right? Yes. 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 Okay. When when we when we move all the way up that spectrum, we go completely to the unified field. When we are at the highest frequency version of ourselves, we're connected to each other completely. We share that unified field. And when we start compressing that unified field into individual indiv individuals, uh, if we if we start at the very beginning of that compressive process, that very first compression creates a vibration that we call love. So if we are loving, being loving, we're as close to that unified field as we can be and still be an individual that's available to have life experience, which is why we're coming here in the first place. So, so by being here and dialing into the frequency of love, we have access to the most profound numbers of energies and frequencies and possibilities uh, completely possible uh, in the in the third dimension, in the human dimension. So that's that's the reason that love is so incredibly valuable and is a gateway for us. So 
So when we, if we would just, if we were to start breathing from beyond the physical body into the physical body and then exhale beyond the physical body again, what's happening is we're starting to say to our own subconscious, there's more to me than meets the eye. And I'm now ready and willing and interested in honoring those parts of me that are invisible, because if I will honor them with my awareness, then I will breathe life into them here in this dimension, and they will start to have an active role in my life here. But if I don't ever pay attention to them, then I never get to draw upon those frequencies, those energy frequencies, which are higher energy frequencies than my physical being, meaning they contain more possibilities, more, more energy is there than I have tapped before. There are certain types of energies that reside beyond my physical body that if I can draw upon them, I can have them contribute to my solutions, to my creativity, to my genius, to my options that I come up with. And it will feel miraculous. It will feel like it's beyond logic because it is. Uh, logic uh, is a barrier that we utilize in our lives uh, that actually keeps us limited. Whereas the miraculous world happens beyond logic. That's why we call those things miracles. That's why we call that, you know, it was amazing. We, we draw upon words like miraculous or amazing or tremendous or uncanny, those kinds of words exist because sometimes things happen beyond what we anticipated. And I want people to realize that that doesn't have to be rare. It, it's something that we're designed to be operating from all the time if we just know how to access those higher frequency energies and draw them in to our physical life experience. So I work with people in a, in a way of breathing through the central channel of their body. And that is, if you could imagine a tube, an open tube that exists from above your head, right down through your crown chakra, where the soft spot was soft when you were first born on a newborn, that fontanelle, uh, some, imagine something like a fluorescent light bulb, those long tubes going right down through the center of your, of your body. It goes down through the center of your brain and through the center of your throat and through the center of your chest and through the center of your stomach and your belly and your abdomen and down through the tip of your spine and goes straight down into the earth. And now it's a real and measurable force of flow of energy that is tangible. And it's called the central channel in ancient Eastern uh, uh, terminology in, in ancient India and in Sanskrit, it would be called the Shashumna. It is the central channel of life force and flow. Uh, it was recognized in ancient Egypt as well before um, uh, even before it was being developed in ancient India as uh, the central core channel uh, that Ka would run through in Egypt that the Shashumna became uh, in India. And all of it is measurable and tangible today in, with modern science. So, so what we know is there is a stillness that runs through our deep core center and it runs from above your head down through, uh, down through your body and hits the earth. The earth steps it down for what I call human consumption. And then that energy rises back up through the body and comes out the crown and rotates around, cycles around the outside of the body and comes back in at the tip of your spine, runs up your spine and out the top of your head, outside of your body flows around outside of your body, comes back in at the tip of the spine and recycles and recycles and recycles like this. 
and it's constantly pouring in more from overhead. It's constantly going all the way through you, hitting the earth, constantly rising up from the earth and cycling through the body the way that I've just described. And so every time that we can do what I'm calling a central channel breath, we're enhancing that flow of prana or energy, vital force, innate intelligence, the healer within, we're enhancing that flow. So we want to do that all the time so that we're constantly magnifying it and enhancing it. Now think about this. Your mind magnifies whatever it pays attention to. If you think about a problem, the problem gets bigger. If you think about solutions and possibility and love, that gets bigger. Because whatever you land your mental body on, it acts as a magnifier. So what we're doing is landing the mind's attention on this central channel, which begins to magnify it. And I explain in the book how that magnification serves you. It creates these tiny particles start to gather at the core of your being called photons uh, because your mind is, is paying attention there. So energy follows your consciousness and then enough photon density gets built at your core that your sensory nervous system can start to pick up on it. And then all of a sudden you have a sense of self that you didn't have before. You just feel okay in there. You feel grounded. You feel like you're home. You feel, you feel present in a way that you weren't before because you were living in your head. You weren't living in the central core channel of your body. And when you drop down into your body in this fashion, everything changes. So here's how you do it. Just imagine something about two feet above your head or maybe four inches above your head. If you can only go that far without losing your concentration and take a breath through your central channel, down into the center of your brain, breathe as if you're breathing through the top of your head, through your throat, through the center of your brain, through your throat, down into your chest, down into your solar plexus, down into your belly, big belly, expand your belly and draw this light down into your belly. And now exhale down through your belly, down through the tip of the spine, and exhale into the earth two feet beneath where you're sitting. And now take a breath up from the earth, from two feet beneath where you're sitting, up into your belly. Lean back a little bit so that you can open up that channel, and then exhale right up through your heart, your throat, the center of your brain, and out the top of your head. Now, the first time you try to do that, it might be like, I have no idea how to do that. I, I don't know what you're talking about. So let's just do it again. Take a deep breath in from overhead, down through the center of your brain, a ball of white light, trace it down into the throat, into your heart. Keep breathing in, big belly, belly gets bigger. Breathe all the way into your belly. And then exhale your, through your belly, shoot the breath down through the pelvis, down through the tip of the spine and into the earth. And now take a breath up from the pelvis into the belly and squeeze your shoulder blades together just a little bit and exhale up through the belly, up through the heart, up through the throat, up through the center of your brain and out the top of your head. And as you do that, take another breath in from your belly, in from the, the, the center of your brain, down through the throat, down through the heart, into the belly again. And now, right now, squeeze the muscles in the base of the pelvic bowl as if you were going to the bathroom and you had to stop the stream. You wanted to squeeze the stream off, stop it. And now keep it squeezed and exhale right down into the earth through your pelvis, just right down through there. Now keep it squeezed 
as if you were stopping the flow. You were going to the bathroom. You had to stop the stream instantly. You squeeze those muscles at the base of the perineum. Keep them squeezed and take a breath up from the earth right up into your belly. But keep them squeezed. Keep those muscles squeezed. So there's a little bit of resistance there. And now just squeeze your shoulder blades together. Roll your eyes up like you're looking up, even if they're closed. Feel the tension behind your eyes. Now exhale up through your heart, up right behind that tension. Go right up through that tension and then shoot it out the top of your head. And now stay right there. Take a breath from above your head right into that tension behind your eyes and right into where the shoulder blades are squeezing into your belly. Keep inhaling into the belly. Now squeeze those muscles as if you had to stop the stream, go into the bathroom again, and exhale right into the earth. What you're formulating is an ability to find yourself in the central channel. One last time, let's breathe up from the earth through that area squeezed at the base of the pelvic bowl. It's called mula banda, for those of you that might be, be familiar with that term. Just squeeze those muscles as if you were stopping the stream. Big belly, inhale into your belly. Make your belly big. Squeeze your shoulder blades together. Now roll your eyes up and find that tension behind your eyes. You're going to exhale, pull your belly back to your spine, and just kind of shoot your breath up through your body, right up behind that tension behind your eyes, and shoot it out the top of your head. Now, let's just bring the eyes back to neutral. Let's come back into the room and gently, slowly open your eyes, etc., and come back in and, and realize, wow, I was just really located deep in the core of my body. So maybe you just close your eyes and see if you can drop right back in there for just a moment. So you squeeze that mula banda at the base of the pelvic bowl, squeeze your shoulder blades, roll your eyes like this, and start breathing from above your head right into your belly. And then exhale. Shoot that breath right down into the earth. And then inhale, pull that breath right up from the earth, two feet beneath where you're sitting, into your belly. And keep that little mula banda area squeezed, those muscles in the base of the pelvic bowl. And squeeze the shoulder blades, roll the eyes up. I'm going to exhale and shoot my breath up through my heart, up through my throat, up into the center of my brain, right where I can feel that tension behind my eyes. And I'm going to make it a big white space behind my eyes. Right there. And then I'm going to shoot and exhale and press the breath up and out through my crown, all the way to two feet above my head, and then take a breath in from above my head. And you would just repeat that and repeat that. So just slowly come back into the body, open your eyes, come back into the room. Um, or if you're listening, you can just you can still sit there in that central channel and continue to breathe that way uh, while we're continuing our conversation. Uh, because the more time you spend familiarizing yourself with that deep core central channel of the body, the more you're going to be able to pull your mind and your body and your breath together in such a way that the power of those different frequencies, so think about it this way, your mind runs on certain vibrational frequencies and your body runs on different vibrational frequencies and your breath is different vibrational frequencies. In fact, the breath is the spirit in the body. It's the real you, the soulful self is the breath in the body. When we bring all those different kinds of frequencies together at the same time, the power that starts to anchor itself in the core of your body is the power that is required to pierce the veils that separate your wisdom from your power, 
and your power and your wisdom from your love and your power and your wisdom and your love from your ability to manifest and to speak your truth and to hear the truth and to receive as easily as it is for you to give and for your ability to perceive yourself as a multidimensional being. And all of that comes together when we start learning how to hone these energies together, anchor them in the core of the body and breathe up and down through this central channel. So that is in the first chapter of practices in the book. And then the whole, the whole middle section of the book builds upon that in all kinds of ways for you to get very detailed on, on how to open and heal and manifest and be your true self here in this body, uh, here in this life. And that's the way we're supposed to be, to be living as the spirit, as the energy being. You know, energy medicine and energy healing has become such a popular conversation. And it's the only health care that I've ever had. I was raised in an environment, my father, as you mentioned earlier, was a pioneer in energy medicine. So energy medicine is the only health care I've ever had. I've never gone to the doctor and taken an antibiotic and, and done that thing in order to heal. I've only been able to use the powerful healing energies of that we are made of to heal myself. And I've healed a scoliosis. I healed a migraine headache pattern in my body. I've healed broken bones without traditional, uh, you know, casting and those kinds of things uh, because we have this capacity to heal all by bringing these powerful energies together. And this is what I, I get on an airplane every week and travel somewhere in the world to go and teach people how to do this because it is a tremendous unifying, powerful presence uh, in our bodies and in our lives and on the planet that that we're supposed to harness. We're all made for this and everyone can do it. It's not, it's not special in me because I woke up to this and can see these energies, et cetera. I'm just here to help wake it up in, in everyone else. And it's my greatest joy to do so. And God and bless it's you for great doing joy. it. Thank you. And thank you for sharing with us, for sharing with the listeners. Yes. It's really inspiring. And we know you have to run away now. It's... <laughs> yes. But what yes, a joy. I have a, I have a schedule I have to keep, but I am so happy to come back and do this with you again. We can go deeper. We can go in another Definitely. direction anytime that would be lovely uh, that it would be of service and i know there is you know there was only a limited amount of time today there are so there is so much more in the book um that that people can pick up the book's coming out in paperback march of 2020 so uh it's easy to access through barnes and noble through amazon through my website drsuemorder.com uh, I'm traveling and teaching live events everywhere across the country and around the world all the time. So and go I to the website. I highly encourage you to see her live, as I mentioned. If you get the chance, go for sure. So thank you so much. It's been such a joy and an honor. And thank you for listening. And we look forward to the next meditation conversation.